This podcast contains two uses of the S-word, and I'm not talking about Santa. There's also references to bad adult behavior and stupid behavior. I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton, I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this, that's the plan. Hey, happy Christmas, podcats. Dr. A. Buckles here. Very happy to be with you at this very, very special time of year. I know that uh, it's not the best time of year for some people. Some people really don't like this time of year at all. And if you're one of those people, well, I hope that the next hour... Um, very, very slightly improves your Christmas. (laughs) And if you are someone that absolutely loves Christmas and is having a wonderful day, then I very much hope that the next hour doesn't destroy it. You know the deal. It's Joe Cornish. And the um, podcast is a little bit like the ones we used to do at Six Music. Not exactly the same. So, you know, don't expect Text the Nation and Song Wars because that's not happening. But there's other little bits and pieces that may feel familiar to you. We had a good time recording it and uh, I hope you enjoy listening to it. I really don't think there's too much more I need to explain. So here we go. Happy Christmas, uh, listeners. I don't really feel I'm in a place to be saying that because I'm your guest. And just then I sort of took over by saying, by talking directly to the listeners. No, we're on an equal footing. Today. Are we? Yeah. For crinkles. Well, it's... happy Christmas, listeners. Yeah, happy Christmas. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. So what we're going to do is uh, go through some of the messages that you kindly sent in and give each other a few presents for for an hour or so and uh, and then let you get on with your... Christmas. I'm going to start by reading out uh, a message that I got from... Well, do you want to start, Joe? Shall I kick off with a funny one that's sure. sort of just about nothing? Okay. That came from a guy called Paul Campbell. Greetings, Buckles. I have a story which isn't Christmassy, but is James Bond related. Oh. So kind of topical, what with Spectre and all that. Did you read this one? No. Anyway, years ago, my friend Ed attended the launch of a 007 exhibition and bumped into the late Desmond Llewellyn, better known, of course, as Q. Yes. Eager for a keepsake, Ed proffered his Bond movie poster for Mr. Llewellyn to sign, mentioning the title From Russia With Love in the hope of a related anecdote or two. 
Now, I'm not sure whether Ed's strong Glaswegian accent or Q's failing hearing was to blame, but ever since that day, Ed has been the proud owner of a 007 poster which bears the rather unique dedication to Russell with love. <laughs> Desmond Llewellyn. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thanks, Paul. That's good. Here's one. Did you see this one? From... I, I'm, I'm going to continue talking about it. Oh, yeah, go on then. Because Bond is very Christmassy. Sure. Isn't it? Because you always used to have Bond films on telly at Christmas. I know. So that connects thematically. Do they still have... Which is why it's clever. Christmas Bond films? That, that is clever. Well, they just have movies on telly all year round now, don't they? Mm. A movie on telly used to be a special occasion. It's not an event anymore, is it? Like Django Unchained popped up on Channel 5. Just by the by, I thought surely there should be more fanfare. Mm. But no, no one really cares. Well, in the olden times, we've probably spoken about this before, but yeah, when Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark was on mm. TV for the first time... Moonraker, Christmas 82. the cover of the TV Times, and you would just think, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is so exciting. Very exciting. And you'd all gather around the TV, and that was pre-recorders as well, so you couldn't even tape the mm. mother. Mm. Here's a message from Mitch... Actually, no, at the end, he has a number of uh, of AKAs. Mitch, a.k.a. Milsh, a.k.a. Popper, a.k.a. Funky D, Wonky Legs, and Wise Man Drinkwater. Wise Man Drinkwater. Wow. Sounds like he's lived with a lot of um, American Indian tribes. Native people. given him different names. Did you see Rich Hall's show about the native people? No. It's offensive to call them Native Americans because really? they were there before the Americans. Right. It was their land. Right. But Native people feels too far the other way. It feels a bit broad. It's just too general. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It was a good show. You should seek it out. You can probably find it on the iPlayer. Anyway, Mitch says, Wagwan, buckles and cornballs. Hmm. What are you saying? He's, t- he's immediately talking my language. Yeah. I, I think understand it's aimed, where it's coming from. It's aimed at you, I think. Is it? I don't know. Wagwan, buckles and cornballs, but it's in your language. <laughs> what, what, what are you saying? How is it all right, he says. How, that's good. How ow. is it all right? No, not how is it, but ow. O-W. Uh, that's good. How is it all right? He's from Bristol. He, he says Mitch from Bristol here. Mm. So he's from Bristol. Maybe I should do a Bristolian accent and make it more accurate. Wagwan, buckles and cornballs. Ah. What are you saying? How is it all right? Mitch from Bristol here. I mean, this is not an accurate Bristol accent, but I'm doing my best on Christmas Day. About to, and then he continues, about to hit that morning doobie, yo. Nice. <laughs> Early morning doobie. And then he says, don't have much to say, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> continues, totally pointless. I even carry on typing, really. I can't wait for Star Wars, by the way. Hmm. That shiznit going to be off the chain for real. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to thank you both for your grand humour and keeping my brain busy while working a soul-destroying job. Oh. I hope you both have a super Christmas. All the best. May the force be with you always. P.S. Is Cornballs planning on making more movies? If so, can I be in one? I have no acting experience, apart from a C in GCSE drama, oh. but I'm a quick learner. Love you both. Bye. Mitch, a.k.a. Milsh, Popper, Funky D, Wonky Legs, Wise Man Drinkwater. Yes. Well, there we go. I'm already thinking of a series of Dances with Wolves sequels <laughs> involving one based around each of those names. Because um, I think um, he's equally as qualified as Kevin Cosner. Right. I think he got a C in drama, but he learned very quickly and became absolutely excellent. 
Here's a letter from someone called Andy from Dorset. He says, hello, gents. On a Christmas theme, when I was about eight... All right, eight. <laughs> I once wrote in a Christmas card to my aunt... Yeah. ...whose name is Diane, or Di for short. Mm-hmm. Dear auntie, comma, Di. Suffice to say, I, it just doesn't work read out, does it? Doesn't it work read out? No, how's he spelling the name? D-I-E. Well, that's no good. Dear auntie, comma, Di... Suffice to say, I was not allowed to write any more cards from then on. Why is he spelling... Oh, because he's eight. And he he's eight. He doesn't understand that die, as in Diana, yes. you just go for the D-I. Yes. Well, Andy, get it together! I like the idea that, uh, that, that Auntie Diane might actually feel her life was slightly threatened <laughs> by her eight-year-old relative. <laughs> like part of her... He wants to... Kill me. He wants to... No, no, it's all right. It's just a spelling mistake. Marion, can I talk to you about Andy? Yes. I'd like to show you something he sent me. Marion, it's it's Diana. <laughs> Listen, I'm a little worried about him. Uh, that's a nice message. Thanks, Andy. We'll give out some presents in a second, yeah? But sure. before we do that, here's something from Puff Pastry Hangman. Hello. When my mum would nip into a shop, myself and my two brothers would wait in the car for a few minutes. We'd grow bored pretty quickly and try to find something to entertain ourselves with. The easiest and most fun thing to do was just to beep the horn as long and as often as we could. While mum's in the shop. Probably to annoy those around us. And let's face it, also to wind up our mum as much as possible. Instant gratification. After a few times of dealing with the embarrassment, my mum had come up with some sort of deterrent. She told us that if we pressed the horn a certain number of times, a hand would come through the steering wheel and take us into the bowels of the car, never to be seen again. It was a terrifying idea, and one that we weren't sure we wanted to test. We never beeped the horn again. But I don't think we were ever fully comfortable sitting in a stationary car either, even to this day. Love you, bye! Puff Pastry Hangman. Wow, that's a good premise for a horror film. There's a movie called Hider in the House. Do you remember that movie? No. Is it Rookahauer? There's a couple of movies based on this premise where they move into a house and the previous occupant is basically still there but living in the walls oh. and between the floors, and to do, which is just about feasible. You know, in Hollywood movies, most crawl spaces are bigger than they are in the real world, whether it's an air duct or a... <laughs> and so, you know, that, that same logic yes. applied to a house, but a car, someone actually... It's like the lady in the van, mm-hmm. but like maybe the sequel... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the lady in the van. I'm not sure what happens, but I assume it's about a lady in a van. It's I mean, I kind of know what happens. She's living outside Alan Bennett's house, and she's cantankerous, etc. She's the Dowager Duchess. Uh, but the sequel to that, Bennett thinks she's gone, but actually, she's actually in in the van, she's or maybe living... she's moved into his car. She's lying. She's cleared herself a space under the bonnet. And she emerges through the wheel arch. Yes. The wheel arch? The the steering wheel column. Mm. Again, check out Top Gear. <laughs> she should, uh, she'd have to take all her clothes off and lube herself up. <laughs> and then climb in the... Are you talking the, uh, about Dame Maggie Smith? Yeah. Sure, she'd do that. She loves a challenge. And then, uh, and then she'd have to enter the car via the exhaust pipe. It would start with her just bunching her fingers like that. <laughs> Because that's the the narrowest bit of your body you can make if yeah, you um, you're making... push all your fingertips together. I know, I know. As I she push yourself, up. it would so... take her a couple of weeks. <coughs> he did it in the X Files, right? The Worm Man that squeezed through little spaces. Tombs, 
tombs. All you have to do is take all these very successful premises from other <laughs> <laughs> highly successful all media you've done now, though. and combine them into what is really moving things forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all fine. And You're ignoring the, the fact that you have conjured an image of, <laughs> of Dame Maggie Smith, Smith lubed up. Lubed up. I just like saying lubed up. <laughs> I'm going to cut all this bit out. <laughs> Why? That's family. That's family friendly. Dame Maggie Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Oiled up. <laughs> Squeezing herself into the exhaust of an old van over the space of two weeks. That's exactly the sort of image people want in their heads at Christmas. A couple of feet away is Santa chuckling. <laughs> With his hand on his uh, full stomach. <laughs> also lubing Tipping a little up. wink to Rudolph. <laughs> well, that's a different story. <laughs> so who's going to go first with the Prezi giving? Who's going to go first with the Prezi giving? How do you decide? I mean, that's a major thing in families. Like, what is the present protocol in your family? Is it? Uh, do you all watch each other opening the presents? Uh, yes, we do, yes. It's a performance, so you'll select who, which kid is going to open first, and you'll all watch as they open an allocated prezi. Yeah, and it's, it's not like a free-for-all bun fight. No. No. And is the, was that the case with your parents? Yeah. And you and everyone has to watch while a present is being unwrapped. Right. Why? Um, to extend the whole process, and, and so everyone can join in and say, oh, look what you've got, and yes. hey. So you're not too just focused on your own gratification. So you can thank the person. Exactly. And the per- So it's a genuine interaction, and not just a, a, no. like a mob rule. It's not like, what's next? Give me more Greedy things! guts. Yeah. I think the best thing to do is come in there in the morning and just dive, like physically dive into the presence <laughs> and like knock the tree over <laughs> and just open them all. You just don't care who they're for. Just rip it all open. That would be fun. Sitting in the Christmas tree, uh, possibly with like a mild electric current running through your body <laughs> from the fairy lights. This is like a low level electric shock. <laughs> because one of the fairy lights has got embedded in your thigh. Yeah, yeah. And but it's just... it's feeling it's sweet. It's just like being tickled by um Fairies. Jesus. Yeah. And uh you just open all the presents and then smash them. Present number one. Oh, oh it is a a Blu-ray Oh! <laughs> no way! So this is going to take a bit of explaining, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, this is a Blu-ray and the title of the film, Kurt McDowell's Thundercrack. Now that will elicit a gasp of uh, recognition from anyone who used to frequent the Scala Cinema in King's Cross in the... Mid-80s. Mid-80s. Yeah. When they would have all-night showings of obscure films and it's a very famous repertory cinema in, in london that's since closed and become a nightclub it was run by uh stephen woolley nick powell maybe nick powell really palace yeah. pictures guys this incredibly famous repertory cinema that showed super cool double bills the whole time if you'd only ever been to sort of regular mainstream cinema chains like audience or whatever then it was a bit of a shock to suddenly be in this rather dilapidated shabby place which was sort of damp and the paint was peeling very and, big though yeah and you'd go into the... This was back in the smoke age as well, when you could... You could smoke there. There was a cat. There was a, a house cat that would crawl along right. the back of the seats. Every now and again, you could hear the rumbles from the trains coming into King's Cross. No recent releases. This was all cool repertory stuff. And they were famous for this poster, pull-out poster magazine thing, pamphlet, right. flyer that would that they released They, they would also month. have... Pre- the Prince Charles is a bit like this now. 
That's right. In London, that's sort of uh, carrying the flame for that kind of thing. They, they would also have preview screenings there, audience test screenings. And um, right. I still have a, uh, a photocopied sheet from when we went to see a, a test screening of Nightmare on Elm Street. No. And we I filled out... About that. Uh, yeah, we filled out the reactions to it. Uh, uh, we were asked, you know... Really? Do, do you think it's too scary? Do you... Are huh. you happy that the uh, the bad guy doesn't... gets killed in the end? Do you think he should win? How weird. I wonder if that was the original ending because Nightmare on Elm Street used to have... Uh, uh, Freddy used to survive at the end whereas Craven originally wanted him to live. Right. But they imposed uh, another ending on him. Yeah. It was very Wow, exciting. I'd forgotten about that. But the fir- one of the first things you and I did together as friends yeah. was go to the Scala late one night and see a double bill of John Waters' scratch-and-sniff film, Polyester, yep. uh, starring Divine, where they gave you a scratch-and-sniff card and you smelt different things as the movie progressed. And then that's why we went. But the second film in the double bill was a film we knew nothing about called Thundercrack. We should say as well that because of the nature of the way the cinema was run you had to become a member that's right to see the film because they sh- would they show clockwork orange and stuff there yeah they were, because it was a club they didn't have to obey the censorship rules that's right and so they would show uh, the realm of the senses right um and films that had been banned elsewhere in the uk because they were considered obscene yes straw dogs maybe um, exorcist would they show yeah this sure. was back in the day when movies were still banned and they had x's there was no 18s. It was like X. And th- we saw this thing, Thundercrack. Polyester was already fairly far out. And you're scratching and sniffing at the card. And some of the smells are things like dog plops and vomit and things like that. We were how old? 15? Were we that young? Yeah. Yeah. So it was all very transgressive and uh, exciting. exciting. Yeah. We didn't know what Thundercrack was, though. We thought, should we stay for this thing, Thundercrack? So, so we stayed. Thundercrack. Is, and it's black and, and white. Right. American. And it's like a spoof of a kind of teen slasher movie. As far as I remember, it's a bit like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, in that it's a couple in a car on a stormy night. The car breaks down outside this spooky house, and they go into the spooky house, and they encounter this weird family. And and I remember there's a a gorilla in the butt, like, locked in a cupboard... So things happened in this movie that were pretty outrageous and transgressive between the gorilla and the woman. (laughs) And there was some imagery in it that freaked me out. And I turned to Adam and said, Adam, this is crossing the line. You know, we've got to go. I've got to go. We've got to go. This is weird. (laughs) So we so I forced. But Adam was enjoying the gorilla lady bath and uh, he didn't want to go. But I forced us to leave. And now what is this? 30 years later. Yeah. I have discovered that this film is now available in a in in a 2K restored double <laughs> Blu-ray pack, so Adam, you can finally complete your viewing of Thundercrack. I will, and I think indeed. this is now the end of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. It's an amazing. As it began. Witness, if you dare. I'm reading from the back now. Thundercrack, the world's only underground kinky art adult horror film, complete with four men, three women, an insane hostess, and rampaging circus animals. There you go. With the initial setup of an atmospheric gothic tale, a dark and stormy night breakdown featuring a creepy old house on the hill, it quickly turns into an eerie orgy of graphic humour, horror and sex. Mm. A tour de force of underground filmmaking. We we sort of didn't know what it was. We hadn't really... Or I hadn't encountered sort of countercultural no. subversive business at that age you're trying to learn the status quo you're not ready to have the status quo flipped really are you absolutely not polyester was enough of a, a like straying from the path for me without 
what Thundercrack was throwing onto the screen. Yeah, because they would show pink flamingos and things like that as yeah. well. And like, it, why was it black and white? It was Who's already it? it was already disturbing enough to know that divine in pink flamingos actually eats real dog plops that's right that was a scandalous urban sort of myth at the time but it wasn't true. an urban myth no, it was real it's real yeah. and it's one of the few things in that kind again of thing this is very christmasy it's fun isn't it yeah. christmas chat i'll do a little warning at the dog beginning. plop nibbles dog plop nibbles divine um but oh yeah thanks man that's an amazing present good present brilliant well this is a lousy present for you Whew. Uh, although it is vaguely it is vaguely connected I mean, it's so bad. You know, uh, uh, things have been... My excuse, right? <laughs> Hang on, don't make the excuse. Let me open the present, and All then right. I'll tell you whether you need to make the excuse. Well, I do need to make an excuse, but I'm It's hoping... wrapped in lovely, um, foily tin business. Oh, oh, yeah. No, that is quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you were saying now. OK, no, so keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> And as if this makes it any better. It's a, it's a, um, sorry, listeners. Uh, it's a, what's the weight here? It's a 126 gram <laughs> packet of Revels. <laughs> and a small plastic thing of polo mints. Polo holes. Polo, uh, polo holes. <laughs> I mean, those, those effort levels are, are close to zero, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah. I mean, the cost level is close yes. to zero. <laughs> Listen, can I explain? And the touch I like is that this is the kind of thing my mum and dad would give me for Christmas. Right. And, you know, you're ba- basically what you're thinking is this doesn't deserve to be wrapped. In a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the polo hole... Listen, um, <laughs> things have been things have been unusually uh, hectic right. recently, oh. right? Cause, yes. Because of my dad oh, yeah. passing away okay. and uh, organisation for all that. So right. this, this is part of my excuse. Not, it's right. not a brilliant excuse to just immediately lean <laughs> no, but on it's, your... No, but it's sort of too good an bereaved excuse, father. isn't it? <laughs> bereaved father and the bereaved person. Um, and so I just haven't really... I didn't get it together to, to, to put as much thought as I w- wanted right. to into, right. into your gifts. And so, yeah. Sel, my wife, yes. who is a saint, and has helped me so much this year with all sorts of things and, and just kept mm. kept me afloat. She said, listen, let me um, help you out and get some. I'll get some gifts for Joe. And I was like, no, you can't do that because the whole point of the thing is yeah, they've got to be, be personalised. You know, he's probably going to go out and find some kind of obscure uh, art porn film that we used to watch at the Scala and he's going to find it on Blu-ray and that's mm. a proper gift. Mm. You can't just go out and get stuff. It's got to be things that mean a lot to me and Joe. Mm. She said, well, I'll just do my best. And so she came back and she... You're making me feel so bad now for laughing at the the (laughs) gift. No, you should laugh. And so she came back. And the reason she got Revels is because she knows that they are my absolute favourite cinema treat. Yeah. And so she was hoping that maybe you you might feel the same way because you and I... Well, she was wrong. Our tastes... She was wrong. Do you not like Revels? No, I love Revels. I'm being silly. It's it's very very kind. And and the reason I put it and the polo thing, right? They're not. Yeah. It's not a pack of polos. It's a, it's a plastic holes. tube of polo holes. Yeah. There was a point in the '90s, I think, mm. when people started doing crazy postmodern meta mm. things with packaging and sweets and things like that. Uh, and they, some genius, had the idea of. All right. Well, what happens to the the bits of the mints that are punched out from the middle? 
let's, that is clever, uh, isn't it? Let's package those and uh, call them Polo Holes. So it's a limited edition. They don't make them anymore. Yeah. And they are 20 years old. You really? Just, They're you, 20 years old? You just ate one. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, they are. I wish you'd told me that sooner. So these are 20 years old? <laughs> yes. I mean, you've really bounced back on my uh, mocking laughter in a very complete way. I've insulted your bereaved father. <laughs> no, I'm your, I've insulted your, your late father. I've also insulted <clears throat> your wife. In a way. And I've also insulted you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, it's the perfect Christmas gift. <laughs> Not really, because, I mean... No, that's a, that's very kind. The polo holes you can keep on a shelf, and it's just like a little curiosity yeah, about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah remember yeah, yeah, when yeah. this was happening? And the, Are they really 20 years old? Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, I don't know if they're they still got it. You just had one. Yeah, mintylicious. Um, that, man, that's so... <laughs> generous and how naive i was because to the untrained eye it just looks like someone's walked into a garage and bought some sweets that have probably cost two pounds maybe less and then wrapped them yeah uh but now to the trained eye i realize it's possibly one of the most touching yeah thoughtful Uh moving and beautiful gifts i've ever received in my life thanks man thank you very much well enjoy them I love it. What's your favourite Revel? Well, Revels are a bit like a sort of um, uh, Alfred Revel? Hitchcock film, aren't they? So we're not even sponsored by Revels, and I'm asking you what your favourite Revel is. Uh, you know, I think I like the, just the chocolate disc. Do you? Yeah. The It's uncomplicated. What, After is, it, what the, is it called? It's just a, like a chocolate disc. No, but you know what the discs are called. I can't even remember what the chocolate disc... We had a late night last night. Yeah, no, like minstrels. Minstrels. But it's not a minstrel because it's, it's not uh, covered in a crisp candy shell. Is it not? No, it's just tough chocolate, I think. Minstrels are different to the yeah. discs in yeah, 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 Revels. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Let's You're blowing my mind. You're blowing but, my um, mind. No, because Revels have a nasty one in them, don't they? Like a weird orangey one. Oh, I love that. Ooh, it's nasty. Well, some people are outraged. It's like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> and I can't. I find it suspenseful eating them it's in the cinema. It's a chocolate-covered, you... orange-flavoured turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> it's a dog It's a dog pop. In a, in a and you find it nerve-wracking in a cinema because you never know if you're just going to reach Well, it adds an and... extra layer of tension if you're watching an exciting thriller. Yeah. When are you going to I think I think that was the one. marketing campaign. They probably See, took I that think into those... account. I think they do not Here's have the candy shells on the Revels. No, you're right. No, they're right. It's just a nice, robust... Mm. It's, it, is it galaxy chocolate, even? Mm, it's delicious. It's a delicious chocolate. Oh, I revel in them. Hey. Mm, I really do. Brilliant. Mm. That's such a nice present. Do you want your next present? Oh, yeah. Well, should we have a pause and, and read out some... Yeah, but man, I'm really sorry about insulting Mon- every aspect Honestly, of your I, existence. Not at all. It, Funny after, how you flipped it like that. Yeah, but the thing is that after, <laughs> after Thundercrack, which is the most thoughtful yeah. and entertaining and brilliant present, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing it all again in its filthy glory. We only watched 20 minutes of it. I mean, we watched up until the woman did the thing with the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we left. <laughs> but... Only because I couldn't deal with it. I still can't deal with it, really. All right. Take a phrase and mash it up. Now you're in the egg corn club. Egg, 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 corn. Now, I said on my blog that the egg corns are one of the things from the Six Music show that obviously we did not invent in any way. We didn't coin that term. And an egg corn, by the way, is a a phrase that is in common use that people kind of mangle a little bit but the mangled version of that phrase has its own internal logic you know what i mean 
Mm, I'm just eating all the. They're pretty great, aren't they? Disky bits. But since we used to talk about them on the radio show, a lot of radio shows have talked about them. Is that true? Yeah. Do you think that's just coincidental? I think it is. Or do you think they're copying us? No, I don't know. I, I always just... I think they're copying do us. Do you? I always yeah. assume that people mm. aren't copying, because I just think that would be so lame. I think some things just bubble up into the public consciousness. I don't think so. I think um, we own the whole, whole idea. Yeah, do you reckon? Copyright it. Anyway, thanks for sending some of your egg corns to us for Christmas. Have you got one there you want to start with, or shall I sure. start with one? Well, will you start with one? Esme Stimson says, here's my five-year-old son Theo's egg corn. Theo believes that whenever you pass wind, it is common etiquette to say, farting me, instead of pardon me. This can cause much embarrassment, especially when Theo shouts out in public places, such as lifts, Daddy, you haven't said farting me! Wow, that's socially awkward. It is, because you don't want to be called out on the lift fart, especially with a fun... Egg corn. It's true. Listen, I'm sorry I didn't react to that one. I was prepping my one. Sorry. Wasn't really listening. Farting me. It's one of the problems that one encounters on a program like this. <laughs> <laughs> on a program. It's not a program. Of course it's a program. It's not. It's just there's, not there's, there's a thin line <clears throat> between you and me doing this now, yeah. aged in our 40s, <laughs> and you and me doing this when we were 15. <laughs> And no one would ever listen to it. That's In fact, I'm not even sure there is a line. <laughs> Something miraculously has happened in, in, in between, the intervening 30 years. In between, we were actually paid to do it and we would appear yeah. in the paper. Well, no, th- there's no difference because you're, you're not still really being paid for it, right? I'm not currently being paid, although I hope to be paid in the new year. It's complete stasis. Yeah. So this is a, good, this is a very good... <laughs> Letter that from Jonathan Oakes. I don't know whether you saw this. He sent three kisses. I wonder if he calls himself Jokes. He should do. Yeah. What's Jokes say? Hi, Adam. How lovely to have you and Joe back for Christmas. I've waited so long to share some cracking egg corns hatched by my wife, Hannah. Nice little. uh, Listen to these, man. Don't do what I did. Right. I tend to keep a running log of them, as sometimes it's difficult to believe they've actually come out of her mouth. (laughs) They're not so much misheard sayings as completely mangled ones, and she's actually reasonably intelligent. Here we go. Help yourselves. Smooth as a whistle. Wallop. On our sleeping newborn, he's gritting his fists. That's a good one. He's our golden-eyed boy. A glowing indictment. That's fallen on cold ears. It's like throwing money after old rope. Nice. I'll wait until my other hairdryer kicks the ghost. What is that one? Well, that's kicking the bucket and gives up the the ghost. Right. So she's combining them. It's quite sophisticated what she's doing. It may just be a mental condition rather than a humorous uh, anecdote machine. (laughs) Oh, look, I've seen uh, I've, I've got the email in front of me now. The who the spelt T H W E the who throws the first stone casts no shadow. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> he says, not sure Rolf Harris talk is off limits, but she thought his song was called Tiny Kangaroo Downsport. I think I had the same misconception for a long while. That's almost a Mondegreen. That's a, what is a Mondegreen? Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mondegreen is a misheard lyric. So a classic one would be, excuse me while I kiss this guy, instead of, right. excuse me while I kiss this okay. guy. Okay. But so, Jonathan Oakes, your wife is clearly uh, gifted, because that's an incredible body of egg corns and um, mangled yeah, phrases. Yeah, good, man. Here's a message from Andy Costick. 
And this one is a kind of a cross between a Mondegreen and an egg corn. And he says, uh, this is a Christmas one for you. A friend for many years enjoyed playing Band-Aid's classic Do They Know It's Christmas when December came round. However, every time she sang along to that classic Your Geldof work, the words Feed the World would instead be replaced by Fever Whoa! Hmm. Fever, fever Whoa! Fever Whoa! That's not appropriate, is it? Whilst the underlying sentiment of those revised lyrics is not totally unrelated to the plight of poverty and suffering in Africa, it took us many years to pluck up the courage to admit to her that she had been getting it so wrong. Despite that, we still enjoy belting out Fever Whoa! Every time Band-Aid comes on the radio at Christmas. Love you, bye! Would there ever be a situation in the world where there would be huge global concerts around the concept of um, everybody in the world having a fever? Like, say, isn't there a zombie film where the flu virus destroys the zombie virus? No, you're thinking of War of the Worlds. That's right, and that's just rain, isn't it? I think it's H.G. Wells' Common Cold. Common Cold, yeah, yeah. So there could be a... um, you know, a sort of modern version of Live Aid where all the bands come together and encourage people people to contract the flu virus. Right. And it's sponsored and that's by... that's the song. Sponsored by Beecham's. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Double strength. No, it wouldn't be sponsored by Beecham's. They're anti-colds. Mind you, they just deal with the symptoms. Oh, what, are you thinking of, like, Sorry, I'm trying talking. to promote colds? What the <laughs> hell are you going on about? Just burbling away, stuffing... Can you be quiet? I'm talking. Revels into your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, whose podcast is this? Shut up, I'm talking. Doing, doing a concert for, hey, for, Christmas. for colds. Oh, right. And then going, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it can't be... It can't be... Can't be sponsored by Beaches because they're, because they're anti-cold. It's a pr- 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 promoting colds. I've put seven revels in at once. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> a bit claggy. <laughs> All right, here's another Mondegreen, Nirvana, mm. and this is one from E and G. And E and G, I have had the same exact thought, and I don't think I've ever articulated it before. But he says the Nirvana song "Lithium" has the line. I'm so horny. That's okay, my will is good. And he says, I misheard this as, I'm so horny, but that's okay, my willy's good. <laughs> well, hang on, what was it? Because that's w- what I heard. Oh, did you? No. So what's the original line? I'm so horny, that's okay, my will is good. But that's asking for trouble, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I... It must be deliberate. Do you think it's deliberate? Yeah. Sure. Right. Gotta be. It's gotta be implied. What's the band? Nirvana. Well, there you go. They, he he had a grip on the idea of double meaning. But Willie's didn't he? not a, a word that Americans use, is it? Ah, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, I just think that's maybe a, a pleasing accident. But my I had the exact good. same thought, Ian G. That's okay, my will is good. And I thought that was, that would be excellent because he's horny and he's like, that's all right because I've got a good Willie. It's not very Christmassy. Is it? And it's going to go well. Hey, come on, Christmas is all about Willies. <laughs> is it? it? I don't know. Christmas loving. Christmas country party time. Christmas party time. Christmas, Christmas, global warming. Christmas party time. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas time. Man on the moon. Christmas time. Christmas, 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 Christmas. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Party, party, Christmas time. Christmas country time. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas time. Selfie with Santa. Christmas time. Can we have more prezzies? Yeah, let's have another prezzy. Christmas is all about um, presents. 
Oh, you're going to give me one now? Yeah, it's my turn. Hooray. Prezi turn. Oh, I'm nervous now Prezi. because things are not... No, gonna... that was... It was the... Uh, Thundercrack was the, uh, was that the, the pinnacle. star one? You go for the star one first. <clears throat> Isn't the wisdom always to keep the best till last? Uh, no. Huh. No, I like things to, like, peter out. <laughs> Wither and fade. All right. Again, the present is wrapped in. And now this is a, a squirrel. This is a, 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 a thin book of some kind, perhaps a four. You wish it was a book. Oh, it's a mag. And it is Starlog. Oh my gosh, does Starlog even still exist? No, this is a retro copy of a sci fi magazine called Starlog. And I've bought it for you because it's got um, Johnny Specs. It's got LeVar Burton, who plays um, Geordie LaForge in Star Trek Next Generation. And on the I cover. happen to know that he's your favourite character. He's certainly one of them. I just think <coughs> he's lovely. And I thought Adam's going to love that. And then on the top left, what else has it got? Dean Stockwell from Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap. It's got Quantum Leap and Star Trek TNG Whoa. features. January 162. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the that issue was ages number. ago. What a gift. Starlog what magazine. A gift. The famous American sci-fi magazine LeVar with two Burton. of Adam's now look. favorite characters on the cover. Do you seriously think <laughs> that I like? I do seriously love Star Trek Next Generation. Do you seriously uh, think I uh, love Quantum Leap? You did like Quantum Leap, didn't you? No. Yeah, you did. Come on. You talk about it all the time. It was, it was one of the worst <laughs> shows on TV. It was one of the absolute worst shows ever. You talk about it all ever. the time, don't you? I hated it. Did you really? Yeah. It was terrible. Really? <laughs> really? Obviously, I'm not insane. <laughs> No, I've dis- never really, I've no never disrespect, really seen it. By the way, but you do like the next generation. I'm sure there are people out there listening who genuinely adore and have great affection for Quantum Leap. All right, that's fine. I'm just being. Uh, this is a bit of hyperbole to amuse Joe, but I didn't enjoy it, and I don't like. No. Maybe I'm mixing you up with someone else. With, with, <laughs> I'm sure you used to talk about Quantum someone. Leap. No, I, we talked about it. We did an outro on our on the Adam and Joe. There show you go. That was a nod to Quantum to Leap. To Quantum Leap. Um, when they they would disappear at the end of one episode, have a present, and they would turn up in the in the scenario of the next episode. Yes, and it would be just at a dramatic moment yes. where Kennedy was about to be shot or something, and he's standing there on the grassy knoll, and he's like, "Oh boy." You know a lot about it. Here we go. <laughs> and so we did that, didn't we? What was our th- what was our joke? It was what we we right to reply. We appeared on the set. We of turned right to reply, up on the we? set of right to reply with Roger. What's Scruton. the guy's name? He's not Roger Scruton, is he? <coughs> That's a, a historian. Oh, hello, fact-checking Santa here. Roger Scruton is a philosopher, not a historian, and the presenter of Right to Reply was Roger Bolton, who currently presents feedback on Radio 4. Um, and he actually... He helped us out a couple of times, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did that show for us. It was great, and it was really exciting but listen a quantum leap only occupies i'd say a 20th of the cover the main yeah. star is uh geordie laforge lavar burton is in an episode of um community as well why does he wear those uh, space specs because he is blind or right. he was blinded the character yes but um in the future i mean it is a bit weird because probably in the future you won't need to wear a big unwieldy bit of metal on on the front right. of your head and that's just to let him see is it he can see in ways that um regular people can't right like so high he, definition he can see in like four or five k 
Really? Yeah. It's very wow. He can see every wrinkle on Julianne Moore's nose. High definition, and but he can also he can also see like the the heat spectrum. Sure. And he like can, predator. Yeah, and he can see all sorts. He could probably see emotions. No, he can't. But he he can see an awful lot. Did anyone ever rip it off? With his visor. Well, if I was in a fight with him, I would go straight for the specs. But then I'd be nervous because I wouldn't know what would come off. You'd think maybe there'd be wires in... going into his right. head. That and, would be and no I'd good. just his brain, and I'd ri- start ripping his brain out. Well, that happens in um, Flash Gordon, doesn't it? When they go up to one of the people sat at the uh, operating the control yeah. desk, and they yeah. rip it out, and he's got wires coming out of his yes. eyes. That was very disturbing. But no, Levar, but Geordi, I was saying before, like in the future, you won't have to have the unwieldy kit in one of the Star Trek movies um geordie laforge turns up sans um, what kit and he's because they've just figured out a way oh you don't need to wear this stuff anymore he probably um, refused and i just thought what a, that's crazy and he's got eyes he's got eyes. regular he's got sort of lovely blue eyes right and he's just got two little sensors on his temples yeah they they do all the job wow but it's very odd and it's like mate don't do that that's his whole thing is he wears the groovy headgear well that's a pretty good present wouldn't that you say that is a pretty <laughs> great <laughs> present thanks man okay look what am I it's not that, it's not that good I can't believe what I've done have you peeled off you've peeled off I cannot off the... believe what I've done I have a natural <laughs> fiddle instinct to peel all stickers off all plastic containers <laughs> right if I have a bottle of water I will peel sure. the label off yeah, yeah. and I've just without thinking about it without done it thinking. to the 20 year old packet of polo the holes. collectible polo holes that were supposed this to take the edge off terrible. the laziness of the gift of this the is rebels. terrible and you've been saving those for 20 years and he's peeled it off in a way that that i can't even put it back it's on. not really salvageable it was just a nervous tick while i was concentrating every time i've cleared out my stuff which i do at least wow. once a year and i throw away lots of crap really and i think now oh, come oh, on no, why you are you to collecting all this that's no but not those i know they have survived 20 years of purges that's terrible so Very they purchase. could be given to you on a christmasy podcast i'm going to exclude it back on it's reparable right. and when the museum of and display them uh they'll just turn the broken bit to face away all right oh dear okay <clears throat> let's have uh um, this is the this is the bit in uh, a christmas where one gets a little bit melancholy i tell you what's gonna it's combat the, that it's the slump the christmas slump the tea time slump right after you've had uh, when you, the queen mentions serious things after you've had your turkey dinner and, uh, and the family's nodding off mm-hmm. in front of the mm-hmm. afternoon movie mm-hmm. uh, it all gets a bit little, melancholy little, little moment of melancholy and you go up to your room to play with your toys and you think eh, yeah, i go up good. to my room to play with my revels yeah play with your ball balls i think mm-hmm. let's have i tell you what's going to pick things up some cracker Cracker fun. Cracker let's fun. Let's pull some crackers and let's idea. read out some fun jokes from the crackers which I've collected. Here we go. Let's pull a cracker. Hey! Well done. Put the hat on. You cheated there. I'm sure you slipped your thumb and forefinger a little closer That's to the toilet roll. That's what my son does. Toilet roll. He does it. He's 13 now and he still yes. does it because he can't bear the idea that he's not going to get the gift. Really? Even though it's just another little plastic um, frame. What's your favourite gift from a cracker? Um, oh, I love a nail file. I love a nail A nail file. clipper That's file. That's the only place you can get them. You can't so buy them in shops. So useful. Well, Santa makes them. The elves make them. Yeah, He's right. got the patent. The main thing, of course, though, is the jokes. And this year, I have stuffed inside the crackers some jokes in there from the Bad Kids Jokes website. Right. Which I, I love the Bad Kids Jokes website. And again, this is something that I raided... 
a few years ago, I mean, three or four years ago, maybe, on the radio. And since then, uh, bad kids' jokes have been read out on shows like, well, American talk shows like uh, Jimmy Fallon, I want to say, or I'm not sure. You're thinking of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. In October 2015, the comedian Sarah Silverman read out some bad kids' jokes with Stephen Colbert. Oh, <laughs> I'm like Dr. Hibbert from The Simpsons, uh, crossed with Brian Blessed. Okay. So, eggcorns and kids' yeah. jokes have been stolen. Stolen. Even though they are in no way things that I came up with myself. Let me tell you, though, if you're not familiar with the Bad Kids Jokes website, the fellow that runs it explains, I moderate jokes on a Kids Jokes website. A lot of joke submissions can't be published because they don't make sense. The child got a genuine joke completely wrong or they're just a bit too rude for kids. So I publish them here instead. I haven't edited these or made up any of them. Um, So here's a few jokes from the Bad Kids Jokes website. I feel like I have to read them out in the Bad Kids Jokes Mm -hmm. voice. What has three eyes, six legs, and two noses? A cyclops goat with a man wearing an animal suit breeding. <laughs> what? Exactly. Breeding. That made sense half, until halfway through. What do you call... This is all in caps. What do you call a freak horse? Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be... Maybe he, he's got a sister called Jessica that he doesn't like. That's a good idea. She looks like a freaky horse. Who cleans lakes? Who cleans lakes? Who cleans lakes? A poo fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's feasible. Yeah. Bottom, they, they, they bottom eat, feeders. Well, they eat the water and the bits, they, and then they, they probably filter, wee out. They? Um, I mean, that's where that's where a lot of pure vulvic uh, water comes from, isn't it? You're going to say something else. Before I read the last bad kids joke, here's uh, a regular made-up joke that someone sent in that I liked, and I didn't check whether it was original. This is from Tom. Uh, he says, I know you don't need them, but I always wanted to send you this one uh, for made-up jokes when you were on Six Music. What did the French detective say to the suspects in the bubble bath? Jacuzzi? That's good. It's good, isn't That's it? That's good. Nice. So that gets What a... did the French who say? What did the French detective say detective to the suspects say. in the bubble bath? Mm. All the elements are there. Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi. That would be better if... Is there, is there a book or something called Jacuzzi or a famous piece of critical writing? Uh, no, Jacuzzi, a letter by Emile Zola. There you go. That's what I was trying to reach in my brain. Is it Emile Zola? It just says yeah, Zola. Zola. All right, there you go. So that's a good joke, Tom. And here's one... But it would be better if you said Emile Zola was in the bath, right? Are you absolutely sure it's Emile Zola who wrote the Jacuzzi? Isn't that what it said on the internet? It just said Zola. Yeah. It might be Zola be. Bud. You're, you're right. <laughs> so the joke would be better if it said Zola Bud was in a bath. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we dealt with that one. <laughs> All right. Here's one more bad kids joke before we exit this segment. Why do we have a head? Because we need to kiss. Oh, isn't that nice? That is good, isn't it? That is nice. And that is that is the reason we... I mean, that works on a lot of levels. That is a child mm. just expressing something very profound and beautiful in joke form. Yes. It's possible to kiss with other areas, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. I do not want you to go better than you do. And I'm taking the 
jungle every flipping year. People eating spiders, I do not care. I care more for the spiders than the celebrities Switch it off. I know you don't like I'm a Celebrity, but did you see the lady from TOWIE eating the live spider? I didn't. I read about it. I didn't approve of it. Did you not? Were you one of the people who thought that's not on? I did but think you're aware that. But you're aware that they crush hundreds and thousands of cockroaches, right? Yeah, I generally don't approve of it. You'd remember my song. I mentioned this in my song. Yeah. I, in my song, had I can't remember how the lyrics went, but that I cared more about the insects. Than the celebrities. It was a gross exaggeration. But, you know, I do, I've never liked that aspect of it. Mm. I don't think it's right. Needless killing. Yeah. For entertainment. Yeah. Even if it is an insect. Yeah. Well, I, I know what you mean. I mean, the, most people who were complaining about it were, were complaining about the size of the thing, as if there was a cutoff right. point. Right. Like if it's. Well, a, that is significant. Do you like? Reckon, yeah. I read a thing in the paper saying there are thousands of living creatures on all human faces sure they live in their hair follicles and they come out Mites. at night yeah did you read that thing there were no. photos of them they start Apparently partying. they stay in your face during the day what but at night they come out and cruise Shut around your face up. harvesting your oils and sebum <laughs> <laughs> have you gone to sleep yet yes he is where are you i'm just by the left eye where are you i'm on the chin i meet you at the nose i've discovered a giant deposit of oily sebum that has not oh. been dispersed by face wash it's christmas uh, on christmas night they come out and give presents to each other well on christmas on christmas eve the the tradition is <laughs> i like you just ignore what i said and then came in authoritatively no but keep talking because i'm saying i know you know about this shit on christmas eve the tradition is not you don't wash your face so thoroughly as you normally would as a gift as to the exactly. mites as the gift to the mites christmas mites mm -hmm. uh isn't well that's a wonderful thing to think about isn't it but would i be angry if for instance on i'm a celebrity they ate some f invisible face mites right exactly what's your like cut -off a big point? spoonful of i think there's three things that freak <clears> people out Quantity, mass, like any creature in a massive swarm, a bunch of them, it freaks you out, even if it's humans. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's freaky. Fragility, I think, is really unsettling. A really fragile, small creature that moves quickly and you think you might be going to crush it and uh -huh. smash it. And size. So if something's really small, you think, oh, its brain's really small. It can't possibly process. Right? Yes. I mean, with good reason. With the, yeah, no, I'm not saying these are bad things, people, but, but I'd sort of, I might... Very few people have a compunction about killing flies, for example, right? No, I, no, I don't have a compunction about killing flies. You're happy just to massacre them? Pretty much. And mosquitoes. But I don't suppose... I wouldn't say that... I massacred. One time, a rat died beneath my kitchen floor when we first moved uh -huh. into our house. And we couldn't access it. So it, we just, without taking the whole floor up, and we didn't realise what it was until this fly problem became persistent and then really, you know, scary and bad. Lots and lots of flies. Oh, and we didn't, man, it was like the Amateurville horror, yeah. yeah. And we realised that this is what was happening. This quite big rat was decomposing Ugh. under the floorboard, but there were fly after fly after fly, and we would come in the, down in the morning and there'd be sort of 300 flies on the Whoa. ceiling of the kitchen it would be really grim that is scary so eventually i went full ghostbusters got the hoover strapped it to my back hoovering flies you done this yes boy and i just 
hoovered them up and then they start whenever when i turned the hoover off and the suck and they would fly out again (laughs) so i had to sort of tie the bag up it got super complicated and then the next morning there would be even more flies and we realized we just had to ride this thing until the whole ecological process was um the decompositional process was done yeah and the flies no longer but at one stage i had like a whole hoover bag bruv stuffed full of flies oh was very unpleasant. Yes, it happens in late September when... But I did feel bad. I felt like, I felt this is really odd. I'm just, I am mass... Because when you said you would massacre flies, my instinct was, no, I don't want to associate my myself with massacring anything. I'm not a massacre. But I did. Yeah. I massacred, I got a hoover and I just massacred those things. Yeah, I know. It's no good, is it? But uh, sometimes, excuse me, like individual flies buzzing around can be very charming. An individual fly can be absolutely charming. You know, of course, and they and and uh, you, you, they, they lead very interesting lives. They've yes. met a lot of people. They've been yes. to a lot of different places. There's quite a lot of fly comedy out there, isn't there? And we can learn a lot from them. Yeah. Uh, what's who's? Well, I'm thinking like modern toss and. Um, oh, I thought you were of thinking of too. like. I thought you were going to start changing <laughs> the names of comedians to give them fly associations. No, nothing that clever. Um, like Michael McIntyre legs. What? That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, I'm not no, there's, there's a certain kind of like the ind- sometimes you get an individual fly that gets into your room and it can buzz around and drive you absolutely crazy trying to get rid of it or, or execute it. In fact, there's a whole episode of Breaking Bad that is mm. based on that exact. I might refer you to my hilarious uh, fly at the IMAX. Fill us in, do a quick version of it. I went to see the walk at the IMAX and a fly got in the way of the projector. And when Joseph Gordon-Levitt was walking across the high wire between the Twin Towers, there was the massive shadow of a fly on the screen at the Empire. And it, it basically walked around the, <laughs> the frame of the movie for 25 minutes. Right. It appeared to know where the tightrope was. Wow. And everyone in the cinema was just watching the fly. And laughing. Yeah. Did you get your money back? Nope. Oh, mate. What kind of operation are they running there? But yes, when you get a gang, though, of flies, and sometimes they're, it seems like they're a different type of fly. They get quite dopey, mm. and they don't seem to have the same reactions as your individual um, commando fly. And yes. It, and it is possible just to do them with a hoover and suck them all up. Yeah. And there's something a little bit satisfying about it. Yes, but it, it's a, it's a bittersweet satisfaction. You want to go down that? Road. I don't know, man. I, I I think Lord of the Flies did it for me. I've seen enough fly imagery as a kid to make me associate them with Satan. Oh yeah, and you know, let's not I forget think they could be evil. Jeff Goldblum. Do they do anything useful, flies? I'm typing in. What is the point of flies? To access Willy. To access Willy. Did you say? Mm-hmm. That's what I said. What's that? Just to play on the word flies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Without flies, this is from Matan Shalomi, who is an entomologist. Without flies, we would be knee deep in rotting fruits and feces and corpses. I love it. Many flies. Is that, that's no way to start. This an is Christmasy. Come on. Many flies are scavengers whose maggots eat away at the dead and the decaying. Without flies and other scavengers, our ecosystems would collapse. That is from Matan Shalomi. Yeah, but can't we just have the other scavengers and get, keep the other scavengers and get rid of the flies? Can't we pass it on to the council? Good idea. And then we don't have to deal with Why the flies. Why do we pay council tax? 
Exactly. But the, I tell you, the other thing, though, that people were saying before we wrap up this particular fruitful avenue of chat is that, you know, they, they focused on how grotesque and cruel it was for the lady from TOWIE to eat this wriggly spider, but they didn't say anything about the witchetty grub that she had just shoved in her gob. Right. Which is way bigger and way more like a sort of yes. person, almost, in my mind. M- way more like a kind of Roald doll character. If you think about the creatures that inhabited James the... James the in- Giant Beach, right. yes. The, the witchetty grub would be probably one of the nicer... Members yeah, of that yeah, uh, yeah. little unit. Mm-hmm. Not that the spider, the spider lady with a, she was French and had a beret. I think she was a very lovely mm-hmm. person in that. <laughs> so yeah, I you know on mixed that level, messages, mixed messages. Very difficult to chart a course through that one. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, she's French and wearing a beret and a really nice person. On the other hand, she's eating and shitting out dead things. <laughs> <laughs> you that's just the way gotta, a lot of but the are. thing just yeah just be nice to everybody that's the that's the rule no 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 oh mate what are we looking at this is this feels like a book it's got weight hasn't it it's got authority weight my presents do not have any form of weight but anyway, what are we getting here? Oh, psycho games, personality tests, games, and questionnaires. So Who this are you? I found in a bookshop. Oh, it like looks it. quite fun. I didn't really have a look at it, but do I thought play... we could do some of them. Let's do it. Do you play a lot of games at Christmas? Uh, n- we do not actually. No. Uh, I bought out. What did I bring out? I bought out the Jenga the other day. Uh huh. And someone at the dinner party, just a, a girl at the dinner party, just looked suddenly looked incredibly depressed. Uh. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? And and her boyfriend turned to me and just said, mm, "She doesn't really like games." Oh dear! And then and then I went, "Oh okay," and started to put the Jenga away. Did you? At which point she obviously said, "No, no, 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 no! Don't worry, I don't mind. I'll play." And that then you just have to play, yeah, in the knowledge that she doesn't. Dig she it. doesn't really dig it, like. It's weird that isn't Jenga's it? a fun game too. No, it was actually a fun game. It's really yeah. not like you have to because what there makes was an argument about whether you were allowed. Can you steady the tower with some of your fingers while you pull it out with the other fingers? Oh, I would say yes. Right, with one hand, as long as it's all one hand. I would say no. Oh, I would say no. I'd say you have to you have to pinch the brick and pull it out. You can't like. Steady the whole thing, then push it back up. Well, right. no, because it's still a feat of dexterity to be able to steady the tower with the same hand that you're removing the brick. Maybe I'm just playing on a on a different level. Maybe you are. Let's play a psychological game. Okay, this one. Going to flick through some of the faff on the top. This is called the chair friendship. Test. Can I say thanks? By the way, this is a great present. Pleasure, man. Well, I don't know. I haven't actually looked at it. It might be useless. We'll find out. (laughs) The chair friendship test. What kind of a friend are you? Select the chair that most appeals to you. On the reverse, read what this reveals of your qualities as a friend. Oh, okay. This has eight pictures of chairs. And I'm going to show Adam these chairs. He's going to pick the one that he relates the most to, that Mm. appeals to him. And it's going to tell us something about him as a friend. Describe this chair. That is appears to be a metal chair, almost made out of like s- just sections of uh, aluminium or something. This is a sort of comfy leather thing. 
It looks rather austere, like an antique uh, leather cushions. This is a wooden stool, a very um, wooden stool. utilitarian. So far, that's my favourite. That is a beaten-up, comfy old leather armchair. Yeah. That what is about a this fancy uh, chair sort that you might... floral covering on that that's one. It's like a kind of King Charles um, fancy antique chair. Uh, that is a tatty old nice sofa with a, a flower pattern. Quite pretty on it. Uh, that's a sort of Eames chair, very designery. Yes, look fancy. At that. Uh, and that's like a chaise what long. The hell is that? It's like a chaise long. It's like, is it? That's a drawing rather than the real thing. Yeah, that's like a. a, a, a I'll say it a third time. It's a chaise long. It's not a chaise, but it's long, got right? arms. Like a, it's like, a sort of extended um, like an armchair. armchair. It's an armchair. With, so, so which one are you going to go for? I'm going to go for the uh, beaten up wooden stool. The beaten up wooden stool. Okay, we shall read the back now. You are a fantastic friend. People love you because you're transparently honest about your affections, which are tempered by a good sense and fine feeling. You listen well, and your friends find you a great confidant because you seem to validate their own strengths and are tolerant of their weaknesses. I'd imagine you're loving this. I'm really And you're thinking this. in your head, this is right. This game works. Although you tend not to be critical... <clears throat> you are seen to be honest. You have good feelings about humanity tick, in general, tick, your friends tick. in particular, and yet you lack, perhaps, a high regard for yourself. <gasps> <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I find that funny. You've been places and done things, but at the moment, maybe you lack a strong sense of direction. Huh? <laughs> this is like reading the Daily Mail horoscopes. This is like reading my life story. You have feet and arms. Sometimes you feel a little too hot. No, I'm no re I was making that up. Yeah. OK, I'll continue to read from the back of the card. Life has been good to you and should get better, but there's an element of disappointment <gasps> in your present condition. You would not mean less to your friends if you communicated something of these inner doubts. If I was less desperate to please? No, no, no. It said you would not mean less to your friends. If I was less desperate to please? No, you just mustn't be frightened of communicating your truthful emotion. I won't think less of you as a friend right. if you admit your weaknesses. Someone on the podcast accused me of being desperate to please, which is why I'm... Who isn't desperate to please? It's nice to be desperate to please. That's what I said. You would not mean less to your friends if you communicated something of these inner doubts and involved them in a reappraisal of your situation. Uh-huh. They would love to help you make changes because they love you. Oh, mate. That's good. I wonder if they're all so positive. Like, so, for example, if I picked... I'm just going to look at the chair that I liked least, which is the sort of fancy King Charles type thing. You're a bit of a rarity. You can be exotic, and your responses to things are unpredictable, often unusual. This makes you attractive and sought after for your company. <laughs> they're all really positive. They're all positive. Look, I've chosen this one. It says, you are attractive, sometimes provocatively so. <laughs> Sometimes you're secretive about yourself and your thoughts and feelings. You have a combination of firmness and clarity. They're all positive. They're positive, but in slightly different There might ways. be a bad one. You never know. You are an idiot hole. <laughs> Everything you do is misconceived and stupid. Your friends are pretending to like you. Behind your back, people are calling you a waste of space. Your life is a failure. Your ambitions will never come to fruition. Your family are disappointed in you. You smell. Your taste is bad. You have no sense of style. <laughs> you shop at the worst shops. Your job is a dead end. You're very ill and you don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really a criticism. No, I made all that up. It? came out of my brain particularly disturbingly smoothly. 
<laughs> what do you um, think of that present? Then? I love it. I mean, that's only the tip of the psychology oh, bird. Right, of the psych. There's bird. a house personality test. But it's presumably all going to be the same sort There's of thing. There's a garden relationship test. Yeah, you just pick your favourite garden. No, but until you know they, it's all tell you... bullies, <laughs> you can entrance somebody. Because there's great. nothing like the power of thinking you might get an insight into sure. your own psychology, is there? Oh, I love it. Love it. What a gift. What a gift. Oh, what have I done with my keys? I had them literally one minute ago. I put them down to take a call I thought I left them in the hall Oh, what have I done with my keys? I've checked all my pockets, they're not there Are you sure you didn't move my keys somewhere? There's a Spongebob on the ring And a memory stick thing I can't believe I haven't got a spare I've got one more gift for you. Oh, okay. This is, uh, I think, might be a Top Trumps game. Whatever it is, it hangs from a stick on one of those carousels in yeah, the shop. It does. But you can get some pretty amazing things hanging, hanging from, from carousels. It's carousels. True. Oh, look at this. It's a piece of electronics. It's called an iHear 3 Bluetooth 4.0 Key Finder. Key Finder. So if I lose my keys... Or anything. Or anything. Doesn't have to be keys. That's very good. I can find it. You can attach it to your wink wonk if you like. My mind. Your mind. Um, it's good. Your values. Yes. Oh, mm, long lost. Oh, mate. It's big. So... Even without its electronic properties, it'll help me keep track of my keys. Because <laughs> it's sort of like tying a plate, and, like a kitchen plate to them. But it's like a two-part thing. You download an app. No. Oh, mate. Well, if it's got an app, then I'm in. You know? I love I love apps. Who doesn't? Do you ever lose your keys? No, I have a place for everything. Like, my wallet goes in a certain spot when I come through the door. Yeah. My keys go in a certain Same spot. Here. Those basic essentials. And if they're not there, I freak out. I feel like with the phone, especially these days, you know, people are umbilically attached to their phones in all sorts of ways. I think you've got to keep it on you the whole time. It's got to be in the mm. pocket or in a, you know, somehow. It's mm. just the easiest thing is just keep it on you. Mm -hmm. And so when my wife is running around and saying, I don't have you seen my phone? I'm like... What was wrong with uh, keep it on you advice? You've got jeans, right? Pop it in the pocket there. You're not going to break it. My wife. My wife. When my <laughs> wife loses her phone, I say. And also when my wife loses her keys, I have no sympathy because I think, well, you should be like me. You should use the hook. Always use the hook. You I must not... discuss this with my wife. I will. I will. Con I will discuss with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Are my, you are you my wife? Are you my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Who is my wife? I he he was an robot. What does that mean? Like this robot comes up to you and says, "He was an robot." It sounds like a bad kids joke. He was an robot. Are you my <laughs> wife? <laughs> <laughs> where, where, he was a robot. You was a robot. <laughs> you should use the hook for the key. That's why you lost your key. Where is my wife? Where is my wife? Are you my wife? It's he was a um, robot. Is this still Christmassy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, but it's been such a pleasure to be on the Adam Buxton podcast. Oh, mate, thanks so much for coming. Do you know what? Can I? Should we have a little honest uh, section? Should we have to. 
No. All right, no, go on, say something honest. I'll just look at these revels. All right. I was going to say something on. And hide behind the pop shield. For a... Uh, oh, I got an orange one. A period of time after we stopped doing the Six Music Show, mm. I felt like I didn't want to have you on as a guest sure. because it would be too much like... Too good. Saying to, well, in a way, mm. it would be too much like saying to people, "Yeah, we might carry on doing the Adam and Joe thing," and but I don't know, and I just wanted to have a clear cut off, you know, and just say, "No, that we're not doing that anymore." But then I just got to a point where I thought that's so silly and pointless, and it would be—it's really fun. I miss doing the the show with you, and it's always fun to see you, and any opportunity is uh, great as far as I'm concerned. So I do hope you'll come back. I'll think about it. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to ask after my I, wife. After I give I'll you that speech. I'll consult my wife. I will consult. Are you my wife? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I'll come back if I'm available. Sure. Oh, if I'm available. Just talk to my um, hey, listen, people. Don't do me a favor. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back. How's this? In 10 years. <laughs> um, no, that's all understandable. And it's been it's so Christmassy. And um, your wife's been very generous yeah. with, the, with the presents. And, uh, you know... Merry Christmas. Thanks, man. Merry Christmas to all you listeners. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast. Thanks as well to all the Black Squadroneers out there and everyone who sent in messages onto the blog. I'm very sorry if your message wasn't read out and maybe we'll do something with some of the other ones that we haven't used today in future. But we read all of them and they were funny. They made us laugh and it was really nice to be back in touch with you all. Uh, anyone you want to thank specifically, Jay Corn? I'd like to thank you, and I'd like to thank Nigel Buxton. Absolutely, yeah. We've been thinking a lot about him the last few days, and uh, yeah. Yeah. For his fantastic contribution to everything we ever did. Yes, love you, Dad. <sighs> oh dear, I've made myself weepy. Ah. Oh. Yes, <clears throat> I'm going to get it back together. How fast can you get it back together if you start getting weepy? Well, I don't know what it's like to be weeping about your what you're weeping about. Well, it's like anything. Like Yeah, uh, I don't know. You don't need to. Okay. Um, how are we going to finish then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, you finish. It's your podcast. I think we just finish. We just say happy Christmas and uh, I hope you're okay out there and happy and, and, you know, if things are difficult for you, I hope they improve. And all the best for 2016. And uh, see you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I love you. Bye. Yay. This is an advert for Squarespace. I took one look at that website and I knew that the woman I have been living with is not my wife. I'd never been any good with computers, so when I showed the website that I had built to sell my paintings to Tom, he just refused to believe that I had made it. And he started telling people that the government had taken his wife and replaced her with an AI. But Debbie had made the website herself. After hearing an advert on a podcast, she had visited squarespace.com slash Buxton and done a free trial. They had all these professional-looking templates there, so I chose one I liked, 
and I started typing into it. And then I dragged in some pictures. I uploaded a video. Before I knew it, I had a website. I've seen The Matrix. I know that you need big green numbers and a long leather coat to build a website. It's just not that easy. But it was that easy. And when Debbie decided she wanted to purchase her new website, she remembered the offer code from the podcast. I typed in Buxton and I saved 10%. I was jumping up and down and shouting in your face at Tom. And it was around then that he started with the conspiracy theory. Why don't you go to squarespace.com slash Buxton, Tom? And you could see how easy it is to build your own website. Because that's exactly what they want me to do. Well, there we go. That's it for the Adam Buxton podcast in 2015. Thank you very much indeed for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed some, if not all. And uh, I hope you'll stick around for more in 2016. Not sure exactly when I'll start podcasting again. Probably take a few months off to uh, record some more and um, get the rest of my uh, bits and pieces together and my head and all that uh, kind of stuff and then come back with um, a crash bang wallop and uh, a producer and uh, a wider variety of guests and uh, some hard-hitting political pundits and a singing competition now I'm not absolutely sure about all of those elements anyway um, thanks I'm gonna leave you today with a, uh, a slightly recycled nugget I'm a big believer in recycling, especially when it comes to material. And I did a show last year for Sky Atlantic called Adam Buxton's Shed of Christmas. Some of you may have seen it. You may recognize the theme. I actually did the podcast theme before I did the Shed of Christmas theme. It's the same backing track, uh, same tune. Anyway, this is a boring story. But at the end of the Shed of Christmas uh, show that I did, which was... um, Well, it was me in my shed talking about Christmas. Brilliant title, yes. Um, I was very lucky to have Gaz Coombs come along. He came all the way to Norfolk. He's only about the second or third person that's actually come to me to do some recording. And uh, he did a great cover of a um, Greg Lake song. Um, And we recorded it. It was genuinely recorded in my shed. Everything you hear was recorded in the shed i was playing the uh the little keyboard there and uh it was really fun i think you can see it on youtube but um i'm going to finish by including that together with the spoken intro bit a bit like um, bing crosby and david bowie that's what a that was the model in my mind um and uh, i i hope you like it i thought it was a really great performance from gaz who was just about to uh, release his album Matador, which went on to be one of the big albums of 2015. And uh, if you haven't got it yet, I I really would recommend it. It's a peach. But uh, until we are next together in Podland, take care. And uh, I hope you're okay. And uh, yeah, keep it together. All right, bye. Hey! Hello. It's Gaz Coombs from the Supergrass, the Hot Rats and the Gaz Coombs. Can I come in? Of course. It's really freezing. Oh, man. I'm actually glad that you weren't Taylor Swift. Well, that would have been a bit strange. A little bit creepy, maybe, in this environment. Instead, we're just two hairy 90s guys 
in a Christmassy shed, what could be less creepy than that? It looks great in here, man. I, I mean, do you need any, do you need any kind of Christmas music that to go with this? Would be one? ideal. I mean, it's weird that you were just walking by, but if you're cool with just playing something, sure, I would love it. How's life anyway, man? What are you up to? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm uh, just finished a, a new album. Oh, uh, it's called Matador. Good. It's out uh, out in the new year, January. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, not really a promotional type of a show it's just a Christmas show that's fine we don't have to talk about all that stuff alright good it's okay cool well I mean no I mean it's out in January is it I I just put my heart and soul into it did you and uh, I'm very pleased yeah embarrassing but listen how do you feel about maybe playing like someone else's song well I did wonder you know I kind of it's so beautiful in here I thought you could do some Christmas music that's what I was thinking how do you feel about Chris Rea mainly sad a bit confused uh, some Greg Lake. Now you're talking my prog language. Yeah. I see a bit of Lake. I believe in Father Christmas. It can only be. You know, that would be it's ideal. A classic. It's with a classic. that nice little Prokofiev riff there in the middle. Can you I, do that for me? I can play that on my pocket keyboard. Awesome. How's that? Um, yeah, that's exciting. Let's do it. All right. Thank you. And hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, same to you. Thanks. Yeah. Christmas it up, Jesus of Gazareth. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on earth. But instead it just kept on raining. A veil of tears for the virgin birth. I remember one Christmas morning A winter's light and a distant choir And the peel of a bell and the Christmas tree smell And their eyes full of tinsel and fire Christmas, they sold me a silent night, and they told me a fairy story till I believed in the Israelite. I believed in Father Christmas, and I looked at the sky with excited eyes till I woke with a yawn in the first light of dawn, and I saw him and through his disguise. Hallelujah, Noel, 
be it heaven or hell The Christmas we get we deserve Take it away, Adam That was great, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Merry Christmas.